With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. I nearly forgot. You nearly forgot, Andy. <laughs> Everyone was starting to wonder whether you're actually on this week or not. If that was a bit of false advertising. Good evening. It is the day trippers. Uh, it's Ray, your host uh, this week. And I've got uh, Andy uh, and uh, Davo uh, who've joined me. And Neela will be joining us soon before we get into introductions fully. I'm just going to go into the chat because. A few people there, nice and early. Uh, Avo, Laura Duffy, Emmett, Kavanagh, Chris Brack. Good evening, lads and girls. And uh, hello to everyone else who's joined us. So, Andy, how are you doing? Oh, good, Ray. Excellent. Really excellent. good. Really good. Really good after the weekend. Yeah, really good after the weekend. And I absolutely love Christmas. And um, we're top of the league at Christmas again. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, We could only dreamt up. Yeah, it's Liverpool, and yet again, the threat is Leicester as we go into the Christmas period. Um, Davo, how are you? You must be on an extra special high. You had Liverpool and then the dubs. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Great Saturday. Some double. Uh, Liverpool top of the league and then the dubs getting six in a row. Great. Great Saturday, Diggle. Happy how you. How did you put yourself back together on Sunday? Oh, it was fine. It was fine. I was just, I, had, I, st- I stayed in the Guinness in the pub. I didn't go mad like Jamie Holm now on whiskey or anything like that. And he was peeling oh, yeah. himself off the deck <laughs> and, uh, on Sunday by all accounts. So now I was uh, sensible enough. Uh, excellent. Right. Um, and Neela will be joining us um, very soon. Um, we've got four topics tonight. We will look to get a fifth one out of the um, group chat at some point across the evening. Um, someone will pick that up for us. Um, the, the topics we're going to discuss tonight, uh, we'll start with Andy, uh, and it's about Fabinho and his future role in the side, especially as we start to get bodies back. Um, over the coming weeks and months. Um, we'll then go on to um, Shane, who wants to talk about uh, promoted sides and the, the various styles. Uh, we obviously seen uh, Leeds stick with their uh, approach and get kind of dismantled by uh, Man United um, over the weekend. And uh, I guess there's some contrast in styles. Uh, some teams have grown slowly into the into the season, um, like Fulham. So we'll we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, 
then I will uh, have a little bit of a discussion about the uh, little bit of advantage that I think the likes of Liverpool and Everton are getting at the moment over some of the teams by having fans in the ground and, and we'll still hopefully have fans in the ground over the next few weeks. Um, and um, you're right, Chris, I have been thrown out into the shed. <laughs> I haven't managed to paint the roof yet, Chris Brack, but uh, I'm getting there. Um, and then Neil is going to come on and discuss... Um, loyalty and what do should we really expect loyalty? And talking of loyalty, here's one of our most loyal <laughs> day trippers in his Nilo. Currently in Sepia. <laughs> oh, Nilo stepping back in time. His, his his voice is out of sync, though. Is it? Oh, is, yeah. is it for fucking ball sake? Uh, That's not I, too bad. Oh. Not too bad. Say, say something. What would you like me to say, Andy? It's a oh, great ventriloquist um, impression that Neilo's doing there. You can uh, never be disappointed. In the, do you want to try, try going out and coming back in? I'll try fucking this out the fucking window. <laughs> right. just, just try that, right? Okay. Well, we'll give Neilo one more chance. So, um, whilst we wait for Neilo to come in and sort of distract us again. We'll go on to Andy's topic, which is uh, about Fabinho and his role in the side and Nilo and his role in the day trippers. Are you back, Nilo? No, he didn't leave, he didn't leave properly. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't think he's loyal from Aleppo. <laughs> Signal is bad, isn't it? Right, we'll ignore, we'll ignore Nilo for now. I'm just going to, um, I'm going to kick from the studio for a minute, right? Okay. Now, <laughs> He's gone. Fabinho. Um, look, we've seen, obviously, him grow into this uh, role. Um, for me, he's just taken on the mantle of Van Dijk in, in, in that defence. Um, oh, It's going to be a bit of a conundrum, isn't it, when when we start getting players back, for example, if we had Gomez and, and, and Matip available or when Van Dijk comes back in about four weeks um, based on his on his latest videos that have come out today. Um, what do you see as Fabinho's uh, future role even beyond this season, Andy? Yeah, look, it's it's become a real conundrum, which is a which is a great thing. Um, to be honest, I thought we'd lose a lot of midfield without Fabinho. I think all the strengths are in midfield. I think he's he's able to play that defensive midfield role very high up. He's able to win the ball and uh, quickly and get a you know get an attack going like and create a chance more so than any other midfielder could do so. Like look Henderson and when all of them have their qualities in, in the middle, they're brilliant. But Fabino has this knack of just winning the ball up high. Although he's playing the defensive midfield role, he just goes, he gets it, and he and he's brilliant. And I thought we'd lose an awful lot in our midfield because of it, but we haven't. Henderson's been excellent. Um, when Alan's been excellent, and Kate coming in the weekend, he was also excellent. And with Thiago to come back into midfield, who's going to improve us, no doubt about it. And then Cordis Jones has been phenomenal. So the, now the discussion has to take place: is is his future at centre back? I mean, I don't know. I don't think the question's been fully answered yet. But mm. he's been, he's been, he's exceeded my expectations. I mean, when he came in, he'd he'd probably played he'd, in top games. He played against uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Bayern Munich. Excellent against Bayern Munich. 
and Exeter against um, was it Arsenal or Chelsea? I can't remember, but anyway, he he was good. But now, the the first mistake I've really seen him making since he's been there was when Ayo went one on one with him. He kind of tried to. He was maybe was a bit too uh, casual about his header, and mm-hmm. then Ayo got a, got the ball off, and he, he should have squared it to Zaha for nearly an easy finish. He's not a centre back. He's a centre midfielder. But when you were talking about a team of Liverpool's quality um, challenging for Champions Leagues, challenging for leagues, players have to fo- often have to find new positions. So I, th- I think it's it's worth the debate. Can we improve on what we have in midfield or can we Im- improve on what we have at the back? Do we sell one of our centre-backs that's injured like Mata Bergomez and bring in a centre-back and wait and see what happens and just use Fabinho there. We've got Williams now who Klopp uh, fancies and we have um, Phillips who's been excellent. So I think it's worth a debate anyway. Yeah, I mean, Davo, I mean, how much do you think, you know, if you were to buy in Fabinho as a centre-back now, how much do you think we'd have to pay for someone of the of that equivalent level? Which bracket do you think we'd be shopping in? For the performance, for somebody who's that he's put in uh, for this season. Well, you see, on the flip side of what you're saying there, Dick, was how much would he cost? If if we were going out to sign a centre-back, we'd be signing actually a centre-back, not a, yeah. a holding midfielder who's gone back. So you'd imagine he'd have more of a body of work. But if he was putting in the performance, Fabinho's been putting in the back this season, you're definitely talking north of 50 million. You're talking in and around that 50 million bracket. Because, like Andy said, he's look, what happened to Van Dijk, I'm, I'm more knee-jerked than others as well. I just thought, oh, that's just probably the worst possible injury you could get. How do you defend the title when you're missing the best centre-back in the world? And with a few exceptions, um, it's been seamless. Really, obviously, the the the, uh, the the Villa game was a was a hard one to take. Um, but Andy mentioned the the OU opportunity. I think he, he'd have been disappointed with the Spurs chance that hit the bar uh, during the week. He lost a header to Son, uh, who flicked it on for Bergwijn. He'd probably be disappointed with that. But listen, he, he he's not a centre back. He's learning. He's learning on the go in it in a team that's expected to win every week. And, and, and for the majority of weeks, we're fairly comfortably every week. So I don't think that can be underestimated at all. He, he's been he's been absolutely fantastic. I think the one thing that's striking from the chat, and it, this has actually got a, uh, it's actually got a lot of people uh, contributing in the chat. There seems to be a lot of support for him staying at centre back. You know, um, maybe not even just this season, but but beyond. Um, and I guess. Um, Red Steve says um, where Fab ends up depends on who we sign in the next two windows. And it might be around, you know, availability of players that uh, Klopp uh, wants to bring into the club. Um, There's another one here around, um, you know, depending on Genie's future, whether Genie stays. um, um, And if he does, then, then maybe that's more indication that Fabinho stays at centre-back. Nilo. Is that working now? Yeah. yeah, I'd yeah. say, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay, nice one. Absolutely delighted. Um, David Lennon. David Lennon seems to be a particular fan of yours, Nilo. He's absolutely delighted that you're back with us tonight. Ah, nice one. <laughs> You've got a fan or two out there, anyway. Yeah, at least so, Nilo, one man. 
You obviously so doesn't Nilo, know that well. So Nilo, um, we just discussed, we're in the middle of discussing Fabinho and whether his future lies at centre-back or back in his defensive midfield role when, when players are back from injury. What's, what's, your, what's your hot take? Uh, well, he was always, when he was born, he was always considered as a backup to the two, to a centre-half backup anyway. Um, so, like, he's really, really good in both positions. So, to pin him down to either position, it doesn't really fucking matter, does it? Like, wherever, horses for horses, whatever, he's best suited. I don't think there's going to be too much complaints to anybody if he plays in midfield or he plays a centre-half. Either way, he's a big influence on the game and other people that are around him regardless. So, whether he plays centre-half or midfield, I'm not going to get me knickers on the nut over that. I wouldn't be too worried about it. The lad's capable of playing anywhere. And that's the that's the bonus of having a player like this, isn't it? His quality is there, whether he plays centre back. He's or just a really, really good footballer who can play anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and 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 it's starting to look like one of the best bits of business we've done. Um, I know we've done a lot of great deals in hindsight. He's absolutely crucial. He's absolutely crucial, yeah. and his his importance and his relevance to the team and the squad has really come to the fore now with, with the bit of an injury crisis that we have at the minute. I mean, he's so adaptable. He's like Steve Nichol was back in the eighties there when Dukes of Hazard was on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you'll find the last man to get British Player of the Year. So I know. So anyway, just, just regarding us, yeah, he's he's a great player. He's really good. I really like him. Well done, him. Jersey with five on the back. Yeah, I mean, he the the, the thing is, he was His actually a bit of a sap. <laughs> You're not a fan of their contributions. No, no. <laughs> she should just shut up. <laughs> um, no, his 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 form was actually pretty poor, wasn't it? When he came back into the side after that period of time that he was out uh, with the injury. Um, he just he just didn't seem to get back up to the pace that was required. Um, and, I think and he, might, he might have been. He might have came back a little bit earlier than he would have done if he had had a, f- a fuller squad. I think he was rushed back a little bit early, so it was harder for him to adjust. And he probably didn't want to push himself with the injury probably still in the back of his mind. But it's gone out of his head now and he's brand new. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, look. Um, and I'm right here, right? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's, an, that's an excellent contribution. We're just happy that you're there and yeah. he's working. I'm just it's happy you're here for another Christmas as well, Andy. Many years. Oh, Neil, you're the king, I'm telling you. They, oh, let me, they actually let me out. Remember I broke my neck that time? They let me out of rehab for Christmas. Did they what, really a day. what a day that was. What a day. <laughs> really nice of them. What a day, yeah, what a day. Come here. Yeah, went straight um, to the Laurels in Clendalkin Village and drank 14 bottles of Miller. <laughs> what the, how much, how much does a player have to do with this? Like, we've heard Milner not, not particularly liking playing left back. Yeah. Or, you know, he wants to play in the middle or whatever. Would, would Fabino have a preference? Surely, centre midfielders all see themselves as centre midfielders nowhere else, don't they? It's, it's kind of a, it's an institute nearly that, if you're taking out that position, it's almost an insult. You're not quite good enough to play in the engine room. We're going to play a centre back. Is that it? You know, for for a player who's world class, like he's elite in his in his position. He's there's nobody else that can play our type of six in the whole world. Like he yeah. can. He's as good like as Busquets was at his best at the position he's in now. I'd say he's. I don't. In my opinion, he's that good. But I think yeah. it's a distinctly British Irish thing about that. Having this is my position. I play here. I think it's if uh, other yeah. nationalities, in my opinion, don't seem to 
get so caught up in that. I mean, you can see it. You can see it in rugby as well. I know this is a football podcast, but I'm going to digress into rugby if you don't mind. Go for it. All right. I'm just going to put me top, put me, uh, me collar up here, get a pair of dubs on. Yeah, guys, <laughs> oh, the rugby. <laughs> no, sorry. The, uh, yeah, when you see it, like uh, rugby, for example, like when John Alomi was coming through, when he was coming through, if he was British, he would have been a prop forward. Or if he was Irish, he would have been a prop forward. But they stuck him out in the wing. I think it's like we get, I think we tend to get hung up on positions that I really don't think it's such a big deal. I'm going to say on the continent. So mm-hmm. I don't, I hate think you hear Milner say he doesn't want to play left back. Like, did anyone actually hear him saying that? Or is that no, just some Mongo doing no, commentary? No, it's not a real mark. That's something that Klopp has even talked about. He's saying that I know James doesn't look particularly like playing there, but. You know, he's out, he's always done the job the, first when asked. The difference for, for Milner there is you have a player there who's coming to the end of his career. Like he's, he mm. was, he, when he signed for Liverpool under Rogers, it was, I think the common knowledge was, was on the pretense to play in the middle of the park. Rogers loses his job, clock comes in, he becomes more utility player. Of course, he'd rather play in midfield than on left full. But with Fabinho on the flip side, with Fabinho, if someone who's kind of really at the start of his career, well, it's Fabinho, 24, 25. I, don't, I, I, I actually don't. Actually, I, yeah, like so you've you, uh, you've somebody there who's kind of at the peak of their powers in midfield. And Neil, I mentioned horses, but horses there earlier. That's exactly what it is. If you're Fabinho, could need to play in games where you have to lose to Man City at home, or when you go to Man City, or if you go to Old Trafford, to, trying to stop counter attacks and stuff like that. But on the flip side, then if you're if you're at home to West Brom, or you're at home to you're home to whoever Fulham. You don't need. You don't particularly need a defensive holding midfield player. Thiago can sit in there and do that and pull the strings. Or Henderson, if you wanted to let uh, Thiago play a little bit higher. So it is. It is a horses for courses thing as as regards Fabinho. Like Neil said, he'll play where he's needed and in the squad with with that much quality that Liverpool have. <laughs> I think rather than saying where you want to play, I just think just happy to get a game. Yeah, take whatever jersey you can get. You know what I mean, especially if if we uh, if we keep keep uh, recruiting as well as we're doing. Well, there's there's an interesting comment from Fred Flunk. Is he an emergency? Like, so there was another comment there saying that he's an emergency centre back, and he's asking, yeah. is he an emergency centre back? He's smoking cigars in that position. I suppose you have to look at the facts that he's not necessarily playing a traditional centre back role. We have possession most of the games, and he's getting to yeah. do things that he would do for midfield anyway, from a yeah. midfield screen and roll. So it's not like he can't enjoy that position. It's like Trent isn't really a right back. Robertson's not really a left back. They're getting involved in uh, patterns of play that players that have gone before them that we compare them um, through the through the ages of being whether they're best left backs or best right backs. They're not really playing that position. They're having to defend for five percent of the game. And the rest of the time, they're they're in possession or they're getting forward and they're really lo- loving their their football. It's so, very fluid. Yeah, it is very fluid. And maybe particularly, maybe, particularly you know, at home, Andy. Particularly yeah. at home, you you'll see him in those positions which he would be playing as a as a defensive midfielder regularly. Still, even now, playing as centre back at Anfield. The, 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 yeah. There's and the other aspect as well, Andy. For me, is that he is he's. He's he's guiding. You say he's you know there's comments about him smoking cigars, but let's not underestimate how much reassurance he's given to the likes of Reese Williams um, and, and 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 Nat Phillips when he when when they're playing next to him. Like he's he, he I think I think he's probably smoking cigars more so when he's got a natural centre back, you know, a more experienced centre back like Matip next to him, um, like he was at the weekend. 
But um, look, he's 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 being. I think he's 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 a massive influence on them young lads and 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 sort of managing them through a game. He's meant to be very vocal, I think, right, in games that I, I wouldn't have picked up on from the telly. Uh, do you know what I mean? But according to I think a couple of journalists have said it maybe with the echo and that, he is the vocal one back there. He's the one kind of telling lads what to do and stuff like that, which kind of surprised me a little bit, probably due to the lack of English not being his main language. You can cut this cunt in every language. You can say that. I really understand. He's obviously stepped up. Um, he's obviously stepped up big time in that regard as well. So look, at, he's, yeah. he's obviously now probably knows he needs to step into the breach that uh, Van Dijk has left. Yeah. I'm like your man from Eurasia here on top of the pumps with the two laptops, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get this other one working. What's his name? Oh. Vince Clark, was it? It's just incredible that every every week we hear of something you didn't kind of know about your own players, like something really, uh, you know, something, something so big as it, as he's, as he's such a, commu- a communicator of the team or, you know, a leader. Or, I mean, I find myself... We have a fucking clue. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69 or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. What's going on? You know that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you're pinching yourself every week. Like the, the things you learn. Like there's Fabino. Like it, yeah, some might see him around the lake as a as just another cog. But fuck me, like all these players are just having such an impact on what's going on at the moment. And I mean, I know we probably talk about the the award, the BBC award. Well, I mean, that was just another. It was just another moment, another jaw drop a moment when you're listening to Klopp and Henderson talking about what's going on at the moment. It's not going to get better than this, lads. This Come is here, do you know what? It's always, although it's not Liverpool, you can see we're so talking about big cogs and not players and not just a squad number. Look at companies. The City are still struggling. Still haven't replaced him. Mm-hmm. And not just the player, as to say, but the man he was and how, how big of an influence he was. I mean, everybody knew he was captain. And he's, but, but you know what? That is. They, Pep doesn't instill the same sort of culture as Klopp. It's but that's my point. Company instilled that for him. Yeah. Klopp can... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, Andy, I think, you're, I think Klopp kind of instills a, a, a culture where you overcome uh, things that go against. So I think City kind of probably feel a little bit sorry for themselves if things go against them in, in regards of... Like that Laporte was missing uh, for, uh, for a large chunk of last year. And that was given as the main reason that they didn't challenge last year when it wasn't really that. We just fucking blew them out of the water. And they were they were poor. They, 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 like, and Pep alluded to it as well. Well, we couldn't spend the money that you know you could spend on a centre-back and Harry Maguire. Then, you, it, then they're starting crying foul about not having money. Like, are they for real? It just yeah, seems I to be clubs and overcoming culture. I think it's an injustice to Klopp to say that he's done. He's brought in this siege mentality that managers have brought in in the English game for the last 30 years. That's a lot of bollocks. This siege mentality thing is a lot of shit. What Klopp is doing is in more nuance than a siege mentality. Than, like He's not just saying, listen, everybody hates us, so we have to beat them. That's ridiculous. It's more nuanced. It's much more complicated than that. They're not just thinking the whole world is against them. It's 
we have to be better than everybody else rather than everybody's out to get us. I mean, there was a couple of things in the press there saying about Genie, what he said, let's not repeat the first half or whatever the fuck. Like, there's a lot of lads who bring a lot more to it than just their game. And what's the phrase? Mentality monsters. But I think commentators on BC Sports were saying they have, he's instilled a siege mentality. That's to undersell what he's doing. What he's done is a little bit more than fucking that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think also if you what Fred's saying here, the the win now next man. Who the fuck is Fred? Mentality. Oh, okay. It's very popular, Fred Flunk tonight. Yeah. He's getting all his comments thrown up in there. Um, no, I think I, I think this it goes a little bit beyond that. Um, next man up for me, it's now got it, it's got to a point where, especially because of the injuries and the type of season that it is, I think what Klopp has done is he's inst- inst- instead of there being you, you reference company there, Nilo, instead of just being one leader, I think he's managed managed to nurture about four or five leaders in the squad, um, and I think that's 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 a, that's a very deliberate thing because he knows that's encouraged that, uh, too. I think isn't it? Yeah, it's encouraged. It's not about one person being bigger than the next. It's about the fact that you know you've got Henderson, you've got Van Dyke, you've got Fabinho, you've got Milner. Um, y- I think you've got maybe even Genie fifth in line. I thought it was obvious when in that Michelin game when Fabinho, who was really the leader on that pitch at that point, went off. Everything started to fall apart. And uh, I think Klopp realised that pretty quickly. And that's when he, he lashes Henderson on there just to just to steady the ship. I think I think what Fabinho's become is one of those core leaders in the in in the squad. And 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 he is now kind of up there, you know, with those others who can really drive us you know, through tricky games, through tricky situations, keep a keep a keep a calm head. I think um, he's like uh, Van Dyke Ray, isn't he? Like when he's playing, everybody else kind of feels a lot more comfortable. I mean, there's they all trust yeah. him implicitly. Yeah. In, yeah. in what he's doing and how and how he goes about himself and how he plays the game. So it makes everybody, I think, a little bit more comfortable is probably the wrong word. It makes everybody feel a little bit more oh, well. Yeah, I maybe, mean, the, maybe the, they, the standard has has gone up. Uh, collectively, five percent because Fabinho's in the team, and and I think they'd admit, they'd admit that themselves. Yeah, and Charles, they're saying all all successful teams have more than one leader, and I think that's uh, that's been a, a very important characteristic that Klopp has has made sure is in this squad. Uh, but it comes not... it comes from powerful leadership from the manager. Yeah, I mean the the biggest trait of any leader is to empower others. And Correct. Yeah. What, what he what he seems to have done is empowered so many players in that squad. I mean, even Curtis Jones is showing leadership traits. Hmm. It's I would say the greatest trait of a leader is to uh, simultaneously have people love and hate you at the same time. Would you? Yeah. Or is that monarchy? <laughs> I think, it, I, well, uh, yeah, okay. No, I think, I think the point I was trying to make about Klopp is rather than saying the siege mentality, I think his style of management is more advanced and it's more in line with the with the thought process of the current professional footballer. I mean, the lads and the, uh, sorry, professional footballers nowadays compared to even 10 years ago is a completely different animal than it was then because they've so much more power yeah. and they have and their agents with their agents and their image rights and all that. They're so much more than just a footballer. It's a, it's yeah, a commercial, it's, it's, entity, it's it's a commercial entity. And I think he can deal hard. with that aspect perfectly well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's very hard to get to get uh, the modern pro to buy into somebody else's philosophy when they all have their own kind of beliefs along the way. I mean, these oh. boys are when they're sixteen or seventeen years of age, they already think they've made it, you know. So I think I th- I I think you're dead right about Klopp. But there's a lot more to it than 
they're just what they yeah. it is more nuanced here, dead right. I, I, I'd love someone to look into it, you know, someone who's really qualified. Like, I mean, I'm just an observer, like anyone else, I'm no expert, but I'm blown away. Um, I'm blown away by some of the, yeah. I'm just picking up before we finish off on uh, Fabinho. Um, Olivier says um, his midfield for the big games is Fabinho. Obviously, this is dependent on everyone being fully fit. Fabinho, Thiago, and Hendo. What, what would, where would you say that ranks uh, as a combination there, Andy? Uh, well, I think that's nonsense, to be honest with you. Um, anyone who, who leaves Ronaldo may over a strongest midfield in a massive game. I just. I just you 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 know you can you're obviously driven by what you hope you you see things being because what you've witnessed under in the last three or four years is when Alum's being one of the most potent players, one of the most important players in that system, and I just can't envision envision our midfield without him, um, oh, and it's, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> I'm going to what, what the fuck are you doing you now? <laughs> criminally underrated as a footballer as well some of the tight situations the the quick feet he's absolutely he's he's unbelievable like he's leaving remember the highlights of the the torn against barcelona where he left trade heading down to the anfield road for a coffee yeah. and he's gone the other way he's he's a he's a criminally criminally underrated uh Footballer with the ball at his feet. Yes, he can. He can get around the pitch, strong in the tackle, uh, great at shielding the ball, keep keeping fellas up, and super strong. But yeah, I think he's criminally underrated with the ball at his feet. I think he's excellent, and that's yeah. it shows how you're able to play. He generally plays in the front three for Holland. They're certainly a lot higher up the pitch, gets an awful lot of goals. So I think he's outstanding, and it'll be sad to see him go. Yeah, no, like I feel like um, one of those FSG outists, you know. And when I when I think about the situation. Um, Are they still a team, Andy? Still, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but you know when you you feel like you're in a minority. Like I just think it's crazy that we're we're in this position and he hasn't uh, extended his contract. I think that, like they they have to be just giving him everything he needs, all his wants, all his desires. I Look, think you have to stick to your principles as well too. Now a little bit. What what principles? What principles are, are possible? Like, I know they have the thing about uh, when players get older, they don't get them four-year contracts, but they're giving four-year contracts to guys who are injured all the time. Mm. Give a four-year contract to a fella who's who's never been injured. Mm. Can we leave this on? I was going to leave Nilo's topic to last. Let's let's move on to loyalty. Uh, we seem to have gone into that. Seems to have gone into that space around contracts. Speaking not, sure, I'm not sure Neil thinks loyalty was his topic. I'm not doing the international thing now. <laughs> 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 Go on, Nilo. It's contract speak time. Do you, do you want me to have a bit of a soliloquy lined up here? Will I go for it? Go for it. No, come here. It's, what I was thinking was, it's just, you hear, I hear, you read in the press and you hear rumours and you hear people talking about me, mates, you talking to my dad, talking about it, you read on Twitter or whatever the fuck, or TikTok, where I'm TikToking there at the minute. Whatever you just hear, I can't believe he's leaving, or who does he think he is leaving, or what he shouldn't leave, or why is he ex player talking to the press, or why is he saying such a thing, or why is his missus going around shopping in I don't know Madrid, looking at house hunting, or whatever it is. It's no club has a divine right for any professional footballer to play for them. It's a it's a commercial deal between two entities: the player being the commodity and the club being the 
company who's going to rent that commodity for a certain amount of time. Now, the player is paid handsomely for what he's doing, but the club is receiving something back that's commensurate with what they're paying. They've put a value on it, and we're willing to pay you this for four to five years. And then coming towards the end of the contract, if a player starts flashing his gat at other teams and saying he wants to leave or he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, I said gat. How can... How can anybody say that he's a wanker or why is he doing that? Or he should stay with Liverpool or he should be loyal to Liverpool. Or he should be loyal, loyal to whoever. It doesn't really matter. It's, and particularly nowadays with players being so powerful and so much money being involved. I mean, if Real Madrid for, were offering X player 80 grand more a week than he's getting at Liverpool, where he's going to get as much exposure commercially as a Real Madrid player, probably more than he would at Liverpool. That's like 4 million a fucking year. Why the fuck should he stay at Liverpool? Like he's only played for for only fifteen years at the height of your earning potential. And so what is legacy? So what is legacy? Your legacy doesn't matter when you're forty sitting beside the swimming pool. Mm. In my quick opinion. question, quick question though, back uh, Nilo, I'll give you a, an example. Um, Curtis Jones is an example. Obviously, he's been brought through by the club, yeah. and you know, uh, hopefully. He, his career goes in the same direction as it is at the moment. Do you think for young players who've essentially their, their careers have been made by by a club, do you think they owe a little bit more loyalty? No, I'll tell you why. Because if, that, if he wasn't good enough or if he got injured at 17, if the club would have let him go, regardless, coldly, cold-heartedly let him go and said, sorry, we can't keep you on anymore. Go and find another club for yourself. So that's how it is. And everybody accepts that. So just because two or three get through out of the five or six hundred that mm. trying to get through. They, they, the club don't know anything to those players and those players don't know anything to the club either because at the end of the day, you're an employee on a certain contract. I mean, like if I was on a contract with someone else and someone offered me an extra 50 quid a week, I'd be gone like a hot snot. <laughs> 50 quid, Nilo. Wow. Yeah, I'd sell out my for 10, for 10 smokes. You're a cheap date, Nilo. Unreal, unreal. 10 smokes, six six bottles of pearl and back around a little. <laughs> I'm gone. So, Andy, we were starting to talk about Wijnaldum and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, he he may have desires to go and you know play in another country. He, you know, he just he might just might decide that it changes what he needs. It may it may not be money driven at all. I mean, what what's your opinion on on players winding the contracts down? Um. Yeah, like, like, like often you, you, you know, with Emery Chan, you're thinking, what's going on, lads? Like, you know, mm. why, why is he winding his contract down? What, what? Like, obviously, there was a huge gulf and difference between what the club thought of Emery and what Emery thought of himself. But I can't imagine there's much of a difference between what Ginny when Alan thinks of himself and what the club thinks of him. I think there's a, there has to be a meeting of minds there somewhere in the middle. There has to be something that could be sorted out fairly close when players wind their contracts down and they haven't contributed much to the club it makes you angry you'd forgive one of them because he's given so much um, so it all depends on the player and what they've what they've given to the club no matter what happens with Alan, I'm never going to dislike him because of his contract situation no way I remember all the good things I remember all the how important it has I'll be, I'll be pissed off at the club because I think it's just so important that they need to do everything they can to keep them. And it's, these considerations, 
it just need to be made for different players and, and what, what they've given to the club. You know, I don't think you can have a fella scary. hanging around the place though with two bad knees and getting 250 grand a week, you know? Um, well, well, like, yeah, every fan's, you, from a selfish point of view, the player is laughing his bollocks off, but that, mm. that's not going to stop a fan from hating his guts. It could be a situation where like Genie wants a change. He hasn't he hasn't come out and said that because he doesn't want to rock any boats. He doesn't want to come out and start saying, listen, I kind of fancy getting off. He doesn't want to take stick out of the fans. It's it's absolutely conceivable that him and his family think after a league win, a European Cup, hopefully another league win this year and see how we get on in the, in the other competitions that he fancies a change. The only thing I would worry about for him as regards in a move is like it seems to be always Barcelona and Real Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid. You're like when you when you go to them clubs, like for instance, Barcelona were heavily linked up that Kilman wanted them. Kilman is out the door there in the summer, gone. He's getting the fucking bullet soon as whoever the new president comes in there after the elections. Kilman's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So then Xavi or whoever comes in. Now obviously Genie will back himself to make himself part of any plans, but. You could be very easily like after going there for six months, similar to I know Coutinho was a fall off in form, but you go there thinking this is the dream move me, and next thing a new manager is in six or eight months later because of elections, and next thing or next thing you're out of the team, or as normally what happens in Barcelona, Real Madrid, you're only ever two or three weeks, two or three bad results away from the sack or a crisis, and then you're out of the team. So my worry for him there would be on a personal level that say he does leave, I, I would be. Like obviously you'd shake his hand if he couldn't say thanks very much for everything but I'd hate to see him go somewhere and end up kind of fucking splinters on his hole because a couple of managerial changes come in and get sacked I'd like him to go somewhere I'd like him to stay because it's obviously stability is what we stability is what we can give him he's in the team like he'll, he'll get enough games and I know Andy has always said that there's always enough games to go around for players with injuries the amount of competitions they're in there's always enough games to go around, so I'd, I'd, I'd hope he stays. I'd love him to stay. It just seems to be from all the kind of talk and the whispers that the right maybe is in the wall that he he wants to go. But, I think to hold on against him, Dav, as well, because he's given his best years of his career to Liverpool and he's won absolutely everything. Like If he had wrote down a piece of paper what his goals were at Liverpool, he's ticked all them off. So if the fellow wants to go and have a go in Spain, a bit of good weather for last few years was great. Go for it, man. I, mean, I have absolutely no problem with that. It's same as kind of, I don't really want to get into the Salah thing because that's just papers talking shite. But if Salah wants to live, so what, I have absolutely no problem with that either because currently, at the minute, he's arguably our best ever forward player. I'd argue he could possibly be. But I would hate to see him leave. But if he does choose to leave, that's his own choice. It's He's not yeah. fucking... He's like, we, the Bosman ruler was brought in to stop players being held to clubs without anything, without, like, I'm very, feel, like I'm, I have slavery on the tip of my tongue, but I don't want to say it. But they were unlawfully held to their, un- uncontractually bound to their club. And they're not anymore. So if they want to move on after everything he's done for Liverpool, how could anyone have a problem with that? And by the way, he's not going to go for free. If someone wants him, he's still under contract. They'll have to come across with, I don't know, 200 fucking million. I'd say he must be worth 200 million because he's an absolute phenomenal player. Yeah, so he's not just a phenomenal. He's, he's not just a phenomenal player, but when it comes to the global reach and you know selling shirts and marketing and so on and so forth, he's up there. Kind of, you know, he's not far behind the likes of 
Ronaldo and Messi. He he is on your, you know, he is on your kind of your your Pepsi adverts and the like. You know, he will. We don't see how big how big of a reach he has commercially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has. He's a glo- He's a global brand at this point, um, and that that has some 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 added value. I think just bringing it back to a football uh, level, though, um, I think. Like we've seen it really through, the, you know, the fact that we've coped so well with these injuries, and we've been able to reshuffle the pack and and even bring in a player like Jota, and 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 he's hit the ground running. Like you would have confidence based on our track record of transfers that if if it did come to Salah moving on, and look, I don't think anyone wants him to move on, but if it come to it, um, Andy. You have comfort. You you wouldn't have those. You wouldn't be so down in the mouth as maybe you would have in the past when the likes of Suarez left at, at, at the time he did, or Torres left at the time he did. You would actually have some confidence that we wouldn't. We wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't necessarily. It wouldn't necessarily cost us a league challenge, for instance, would you? Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True green today yeah no i honestly think um this is a bold statement we'd end up being better off because that's what Klopp does he's able to use whatever resource are available to improve the team i, I don't want salah to go like the like anyone else but i, I don't think the money gets splashed on Mbappe, or i don't think it gets splashed on sancho they're two players they never see coming to liverpool i think he goes and he buys um a younger player, a younger up and coming player who has all the traits that uh, they can they can get the get all sorts of that we didn't expect as he as he does. And the team moves on, the team develops. Like Salah's 29, but the time Klopp leaves, Salah's definitely not going to be at the club. He's not going to retire at Liverpool. He's going to leave at some stage, whether it's next mm-hmm. summer or the one after that. I don't think he'll leave this summer. I just don't think it's realistic. Where does he go? Who pays for him? Um, Liverpool are still very much at their peak. I think there's a lot to a lot to happen before he leaves. I think he probably leaves the summer after that. But um, when he does leave, no matter what, we've got Jürgen as manager. We're going to end up being better off either way. That's. I think that's it's a huge. I think people are undervaluing how much of a how good of a yeah, how good. I think I can't believe that people are saying it doesn't matter if he leaves, we replace him. I don't think he's he's that easily replaced. I, I, I think, think the point though is he's forty one when he's gone. Do you know what I mean? I think that's kind of the point Andy's making. We're not, but like we don't want to sell him now. We don't, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just kind of waiting to see how he fares out. It could be another. T- do you know what I mean? If it's 31 when he ends up going for fucking 70 or 80 million or whatever it is at, at that time, at that age or whatever, like, I think that, look, there's there's, to, there's opportune times to sell and it's like, they used to say before, never buy a player off Bayern Munich because the chances are he's passed his best. Well, I think after some of the deals and some of the money that we've got off teams for players, I think there'll be a lot around Europe saying, listen, don't sign a player off Liverpool because they're pulling your pants down. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're that good. We've shown to be that good at transfers. They're, they're yeah. going to know. Liverpool are going to know before any of us know. 
They're they've got things strapped to the players these days. <laughs> they're you know what I mean. They've got they they like see them every day in training. Right. They're seeing they're seeing they're able to um, illustrate all these things in curves, and they know that Salah when he came in to Salah now is is different in so many different parameters, and they'll find a sweet spot to sell him. And uh, they'll they look at it from a, a financial financial uh, perspective, and then look for it from a footballing perspective. And no matter what happens, we're going to be better off in the end. There's there's going to be a Klopp team mark two, and it's going to be just as good, if not better, than the one we're, we're having at the moment. Because people need to relax and, and put the trust. We players like Elliot coming up through, who like I think has a bigger ceiling than Sancho. Like this this whole Sancho thing to me just it's. It blows my mind how overrated people have him. Where where they where they stand him? He's being compared. Is it going to be Sancho or is it going to be Mbappe? Who's going to be that hundred and fifty million pound sign? Who's going to be that marquee signing? Mm-hmm. Look at what we have available to us. Look at what's coming up through. Elliot's going to be fucking quality. Wait and you see. That's your bold prediction, is it? For- I don't think it's that bold. I think he's. I think he's. He's a kid who, who. Who was in the? Who had a Premier League cap when he was around sixteen or fifteen, and he's he's got all those things about him that if he's if he just has the the right coaches, which he does, he's going to be anything. Do you think? Do you think he might have got quite quite a few significant minutes this season? Had he have hung around Andy? I think there's a few yeah. players now who are out on loan thinking. Mm, if I'd have, you know, managed to hang around for a little bit longer, I might have actually been able to make an impression. Maybe looking at players like Reese Williams and uh, Nat Phillips and and even Nico Williams getting some minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, like these, the, the injuries are unpredictable. Certainly, he he would have had an eye on, on buying whether it was going to be Jota or Sar, whoever was coming in, whoever he had plans yeah. for. That's why Elliot. The, the, right. the um, but that's a Bruce that gets sold and Elliot goes on loan. They can't predict that Jota's going to pick up such a significant injury. And it's just as well we didn't really let Phillips go, wasn't it? Like we got lucky there. Yeah, yeah we did. And Jota, I genuinely didn't really know who he was when he signed for the pill. Really good, isn't he? Yeah. Did they? I think I think listen the, by all accounts the, the loan has gone very very well for Harvey Elliott so I think I, I, I don't think it's a I think it's a good move from going there yeah he might have got minutes Ray in, in certain games and the likes of Mitchell and and uh, and stuff like that allowing us to rest maybe some more players but I I, I I know you're not saying that but I don't I don't think the loan to Blackburn can, can be construed as a as a bad move for the club or the player so far from by all accounts when he's he's getting a couple of goals and he's he seems to be getting rave reviews. Mm. Yeah. yeah look at him um look at the way the Elliot is for Blackburn is kind of like Cortis is for us. They they're very ball, so ballsy like you know what I mean they're they they just look like they have, a, they have a future. I think you always know with a, a, a proper player that they hit the ground running. They don't they don't doubt themselves. They back themselves completely. It's all these players who who think they're it and they're not that they mm. fall flat on their face and people talk mm. them up and, and they never they disappear. They don't even have a wiki wiki page until <laughs> this time. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Just a little shithead that never amounted to anything. He was shit, wasn't he? Yeah, true enough. Um, 
Look, I think um, I think I think the reality is that um, the likes of Curtis Jones coming through this season, um, the likes of Harvey Elliott waiting in the wings. I'm sure there's going to be um, every time you say that. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a future at the club for for Reese Williams and Nico Williams based on what we've seen. Really um, impressive, hasn't he? So far this season. Um, uh, and and the flip side is these players who have exited the club um, and we'll bring it back to loyalty there um, and maybe not shown the level of loyalty. I think Emre Chambi in the case in point and, and Coutinho, the grass hasn't always been greener, has it? I mean, the end of the day, we're back to these days of where leaving Liverpool now seems to be an inevitable downward step in, in, in players' careers, isn't it, Davo? Yeah, look at uh, like uh, I was I mentioned in the genie point, like you're, particularly when you go like I said the Barça, Real Madrid, you're not going to stability. Like Coutinho left us, he goes into the job and he has Yaman Valverde's managing them. They're doing okay. If he gets the bullet, really after our, our comeback, Yaman Kiki said the end comes in. He lo- and then he he doesn't want Coutinho at all. He loans him out then to Bayern Munich where. In fairness, he goes and wins the Champions League as as a cog, really, as, not really as a, as a main player in that side. Now he's back at Barcelona under Koeman, who was using him a bit at the start. Uh, now, now he's not. Now he's not getting into the side for whatever reason after Koeman. I think I think Koeman was rumored to have liked him. Uh, and the, look at the the, the the grass isn't always greener. Like Emery Chan left us to go and win leagues. He event ends up getting left out of our Champions League squad. Um, last year, now he's over at uh, Borussia Dortmund eating balls of pasta trying to run around. Two Barcelona managers there that I've never heard of in my life. And Louis Chan is as fat as a field, he can't fucking move over there for Dortmund. So he's, at the, he's probably. He's pretty, Probably single-handedly after getting the manager sacked there last week from there. Do you know why I've had People were calling him Emre Jean. Every time I heard that, I wanted to shoot my own face. Fuck off. It's fucking can. It's C-A-N, you tit. Well, look, there was another comment thrown in there. Um, we were all fretting about Ray and Brewster leaving. Um, and look, like I think... We quickly Mega forgot about that. We quickly forgot about Ray and Brewster. And uh, look, he can't seen him come on there for Sheffield United. Yeah, and, want to bring Richie Patrick back to the club yeah, retirement. And all. <laughs> Don't let anyone go. They're all fucking great. You can't keep every cunt. That's true enough, Nilo. But look, remember, I mean... Robbie, how hard that was. Just remember that. Bruce's now struggling with, you know, a team. You know what, right, right, like, right, it's like it's, Remember it's when McManaman left? When what, sorry? When McManaman left the club. Yes. And he went to Real Madrid. The grass was greener then. The club went off on him. And he is one of our best ever... Best yeah. of a dribbler, so our most underrated footballer for the last. Oh, I loved him. What a fucking player! Fucking footballer. Like he went to Real Madrid two Champions Leagues. He scored in two finals. I think he did. Scored the winner in one anyway. Mm. But like when he was at Liverpool, that was the the talent was draining out of the club. We weren't looking after the players. We weren't trying to keep them. The grass was greener elsewhere, and we they were undervalued. Like he seriously undervalued. But nowadays, that is not the case. And no. I think we're paying as much wages as anywhere else. But I think the most important thing is they're getting as much exposure commercially at Liverpool as they would anywhere else. And that's in the main due to Klopp. Yeah, it's massive. Sure, he's it's all the 100,000 on his own. 
And they're all, you know, and they're all regulars in the national, you know, teams and they're in the squads every, every instant. I think that still has a certain element of importance for these players as well to be able to go and play the, for the, for the countries. So look, we'll, we'll switch topics a little bit. We'll switch out of the, um, out of the Liverpool talk for a little bit. We're going to go on to, um, Davo's, um, topic, which is around the promoted sides and the variation in stars that we've seen from the promoted sides. Um, we've seen, we've seen Leeds, um, be taught a bit of a lesson. They were very naive yesterday, um, against Manchester United. Um, and United really, they turned into be, the perfect opposition, the perfect prey for for United, and were picked off quite easily. Um, what have you made of the different styles and the different approaches this season, uh, Davo? Listen, I'd, I'd seen probably as much as of Leeds as uh, the rest of us, obviously from uh, us getting them the first game of the season. There were it was all this. It's it's man to man. If you can get past the first press, they're very very open, um, and. They're going to stick to their guns. I listened to Gary Neville after the game yesterday, and he just said he like he hopes they don't change their system. He knows they won't through be through He's going to stick to that because they're great to watch. But they're also his point was they're also great to play against. Now we he caveated that by saying the United players would be sitting in there knowing that they were in a game that they had to be switched on through the whole game because they just kept coming. Even a four one, they were they create a lot of chances. Um, and they concede a lot of chances. So, but I had a look at Leeds, and like there's been a lot of talk there. Roy Kane was on punditry yesterday. He said he loves them, hopes to keep doing what they're doing. But I had a look yesterday. They've taken one point two one points per game this season, and they've played everybody. They've played all the top sides. They've played everybody, which is uh, Andy loves a little points per game show. I know that, and it's like that's 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 comfortably staying in the league. If you, if you keep up that, and obviously with a tour of the season gone, having uh, two tours left and having playing all played all the top sides, you'd expect them to take slightly more than that uh, going forward. Uh, on kind of with Fulham, they kind of tried to wouldn't say similar to Leeds, but they tried to play some open and expansive stuff early, and they were they were getting fucking walloped. They just they were they were far too open, and they kind of seemed to change because in the last six games. In the last six, they've three draws. Um, they've, they, the last three games have been three draws, including against us. Lose, uh, yeah. Yeah, low, sco- low score and draws. Um, they lost 2 0 to City, and the other two defeats, 2 0 to City away for them is, uh, is no shame, really. And the other two defeats were by the odd goal. So they've, they've obviously decided to kind of change tact. Um, really, to, to give themselves the best chance in the league, and then kind of going on to West Brom, I'd, I hadn't seen much of them. I, I just know they were they they were obviously more expansive than they will be under Allardyce because that's going to be huge ball <laughs> trying to stay in the league. But I suppose the whole trying to tie it all in together. The whole point of it is really is will the fans accept? Um, I, I think Gary Neville alluded to yesterday in in his podcast after the game. Fans like you can win or lose, but don't be bored. And I just kind of kind of wondering whether people what people in the comments think as well. Like, would you be prepared? To, like, would West Brom, would West Brom fans be prepared to go down if they were playing a more expansive, or if they were if they stuck with Village, played a bit of expansive football, enjoyed what they were saying, but ultimately they weren't good enough? Or on the flip side, do they want Allardyce to come in, try this hoof ball, um, uh, and is like it's it's his mo, isn't it? Stay in the Premier League. 
And then, do you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's like, it's horses for courses. It's, everybody is different. I think well, personally... I'm going to take a wash out of the washing machine here now because I don't know anything about them three teams. What are all them chains hanging down? What are all them chains? Who's the fucking space? What are all them chains he has hanging? That's the sex wing. <laughs> Seriously, what, what I thought that? they were. I thought they were antennas sticking out of his his head there. But uh, um, the one thing about West, look, we've got West Brom coming up, so I, I'm I'm really reluctant to say anything too negative about them. But they've they've been um un, they've been undermined by a series of red cards this season. There was two um. Uh, while whilst Billich was in charge against Everton and Palace, which completely changed the complexion of them games. And again, I thought it was quite ironic that you know Big Sam comes in to try and do his um, you know do his job, and it's com- it's completely thrown you know off the rails by another really bad challenge, uh, which deserved a red card. Um, so. I think, look, I don't, I say we're playing West Brom. I don't really want to say, I don't want to jinx it by saying that they, they, they look like they've got an uphill struggle to get, uh, to get, you know, enough points. But I guess Big Sam being at the helm, he, he always manages to find a way, um, to get out of it. Um, but for me, Leeds, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they, maybe they will have enough, but, you, you don't Not the same Ricks. Since they got Greg. Bread a pack of sweets and a wink and a smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to finish it, don't worry. But, but the, the, the Dutch, the Dutch, look, I think to me, Sheffield United are just that they're they're gone, you know. They they've just completely lost the way. I think they'll probably stick with Chris Wilde. That they'll be lo- we'll come back onto loyalty. I think they'll be loyal, possibly for a bit longer than many teams would, and I think that that will probably uh, cost them. Ultimately, I think they'll probably end up making the change when it's too late. Um, they seem to be gone. So for me, it looks like there's only two more spaces remaining, and you wouldn't be surprised if the other two promoted, uh, sorry, if the promoted clubs all stayed up this season. What's your view, Andy? Yeah, no, just actually looking at the league here. Um, I think, I think West Brom, they, although, although Sam's going to keep them up because that's just what he does. Um, mm. it's just a, it's just a bad move. You know what I mean? It, it, it give a, give a manager, um, time and you, you're going to, you're going to reap the benefits in the end. But, looking at what's, what else is possible, like Sheffield United are gone. They don't even look like they give a shit anymore. Um, after that, then you've Burnley, Fulham, Brighton. I think they're the other three that will go down. Arsenal will get themselves out of trouble. Leeds are too good at the moment. I think they're they have a danger about them that they're capable of winning games. Like those those teams below them aren't capable of winning games. Arsenal are capable of winning games. And then you've above them, above them, Palace, Newcastle. They've shown this season they can pull off results. And then you're into the likes of Villa and Wolves, who we've seen take points off teams. So it's it's going to be between. I don't see West Brom going down now under Allardyce. It's going to be Sheffield United are gone, so it's going to be between Burnley, Fulham, and Brighton. The yeah, the mad game. thing is, if you look at the league table, we've only we're only fourteen games in, and you've got you've got uh, up to almost Palace really, all the way to thirteen. They've almost got enough 
like what you would call half the amount of points that would be needed to stay down to 15th and Arsenal, Arsenal, you're you're gonna say they will they will take points off top teams. I know Arsenal are absolutely shy all season, but eventually they're gonna get their shit together, they're gonna have a spell, they're gonna take points off somebody. And that's down to fifteenth of the league, and then you're, or, then they'll, you're cha- or they'll change, or they'll change the manager, and that will get yeah. the desired effect, yeah. you know. But I'm, I'm worried about playing West Brom now. But at this stage, I know they got mm. thumped Sam's first game, but that's second game now, he's going to be, um, yeah. I just, I just fear these things. Like it might be the one result they get all season, and a bit of fucking, you know, be us. He, and he, he hates, he hates us anyway. Like Watford last year. <laughs> He absolutely yeah. hates us. He's the last manager to win at Anfield uh, when he was in charge of Palace. Well, look, but I, suppose, I suppose the question is, though, like what, what I was going to say is, do you think, like, what way, what way would you be as regards if you were a fan of one of them clubs? Would you be happy to go down watching your team play a decent bit of football, or would you rather someone make the change and come in? And try and stay up with a epoxy brand of football, say like Allardyce. Like for instance, okay. I know okay. like Julia in two thousand and one, we didn't play great football, but I didn't give a fuck. We oh, I, did, I, think, yeah. I didn't give a bollocks. I think give a game, I think uh, teams that have come up promoted have got uh, got punished. They were trying to play football with the big boys. You have to put a program together for three or four years where you just you play football not to lose, and and you know, establish yourself as a Premier League club. And we've seen lots of teams there that you never would have managed, uh, imagined staying up that have, have managed to do it. And then as time goes on, money starts coming in and then start looking at developing the team into something that can play a bit of football uh, and, and entertain the fans again. I think it's important that they just try and stay up and any brand of football, really. As much as, as, much as it, it's painful to watch. But it, it is. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. The flip side. So if anyone says that, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather go down and watch me club and not play beautiful football. That's great. Look at as a fucking moron. Of course you want to stay up and play in the big things with all the big boys. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't think that's that always true, to be honest with you. You're right, you're you're right. Not always true, yeah. No, I give you a case in points, and the case I because I knew I I knew a guy for many years who was a big Norwich fan, and uh, obviously they come up and went down numerous times over the years, and and he was adamant that that the fans at their club would rather stick to their philosophy, which got them up from the championship, than than change completely and 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 do a, a Sam Allardyce type of move. And and again, it's happens. You know, it, it's 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 happening right now. You know, they stick to their philosophy. They won a lot of fans. They didn't win a lot of points. They went straight back down. And and there they are, sitting top of the championship again. Like Ipswich was the same, right? With Mick McCarthy, like oh, you, you used to just keep annoying it because Mick McCarthy was there. He was like the, I think that like the sixth lowest budget in the league, and he used to be knocking on the door for the playoffs every year, and he got sacked. And I read a lot of tweets from fans going, they were happy he was gone because they're there. The comments were basically, listen, you haven't had to sit and watch what we've had to watch for the last x amount of years so there, there there is like you said about your mate from norwich that there is definitely fans out there that would prefer to see some football being played and what and whatever results come with that come what may and, and they'll deal with it yeah I think and I, 
and and like some of these teams, the yo-yo, like the effect is at least they get then to spend the season where they're winning pretty much every week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the case. You can go out for a game of football tomorrow with a load of twelve-year-olds. You know what I mean? And think you're a great fella. Then, but then you end up on a list somewhere. Maybe not. Don't go out and play football with twelve-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> no, my point is, like, why would you want to play at a at a lower level and and not? Go and see play the best league in the world. Although you make and why alter your game style a little bit, just and have a six year plan like Andy was saying, so you can kind of gradually get back to where you were. I mean, when you play the same football in the Premier League as you do in the Championship is just insanity. When you get like Norwich fans are so used to playing in the Championship that it doesn't really bother them, like that they maybe for. Set of fans and, and and Laura Duffy there makes a makes a goal. And I haven't read this before, but Norris have said they want to be in the top twenty four clubs every year. I mean, that's not a bad thing, is it? Like you know, if that's if they're happy to go down, happy to come back up and have some good time, celebrating promotion, celebrating wins every week in the championship, and then oh, you know, and they're they're just accepting that they're going to get their arse torn off them in the Premier League. That that's fair enough. But now you've got Leeds who this spent so many years um trying to get back in like you know i don't know 15 16 years out of out of top flight oh, really? um they they need to be they need to be thinking about just surviving and at the moment their type of football will will catch up on them it's only this season we've got probably six teams below them that are so poor but mm. next season they're probably gonna you know need to look at maybe altering their style and just going to survival mode and leads if they spend a few years in the Premier League playing that sort of strategy, they're gonna they're gonna benefit from it. They're gonna they're gonna stay up because they've got the fan base, they've got the the, uh, the ground that's big, and they've got the attraction, they've got the name. They can reestablish themselves in the in the league quite easily. The shit falling off the Christmas tree because it's. That's what happened. The Christmas tree early starts draping down before Christmas. I mean, Norwich fans should be shouting on about their proudest moments when Jeremy got scored in the, in the Olympic Stadium against Bayern Munich from outside Bayern the box. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking easy. We're going to do it, or whatever their name is. I, makes think the sec- I think the second best moment is beating uh, Liverpool, uh, the last game in front of the cop. They bang on about that an awful lot yeah. as well. That's, that's where it's how you're setting your fucking your goals then. You know what I mean? You're no use to anyone. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think Fulham, to be fair, have seemed to be trying oh, to alter the style. Without, I mean, anyone, anyone got any strong? Neilo's uh, pulling faces at Scott Parker. That's just purely because of his face. He's just want to fucking. <laughs> don't you? That's that face. You just shut up, you. Oh. Yeah. Apart from that, that's the only thing I know about Fulham, and we played them recently there. We did. They've been a bit. They've been oh, a bit yeah. more. A bit more pragmatic. Really. Yeah. Advantage, Ray. Yeah, well, yeah. So, I mean, um, look, we'll get on to the fan advantage, shall we? We'll move it on. We'll get back to Liverpool. Because I I, I wanted to, to discuss this because I think we have got the advantage in, in, in many respects. I think um, one of the things for me uh, when we played Spurs uh, last week, I, I thought I thought the crowd did give us a little bit extra. I did, I did think... We ca- we were relentless. I know you know Spurs had the chances, but and then, see, and then you see um, Bobby at the end when he scores and 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 the lift 
and is running towards the cop. You know, I think I think there is something in it. Everton have played very well, surprisingly, in some respects, because we did we did play down the fact that you know fans coming back for Everton would be an advantage. We we actually thought it'd be the opposite, but I think their crowd looking at the games that they've they've played at home, I think their crowd have given them a, a a bit of a a bit of a lift, to be honest. Well, Everton are in far to fucking hell. Yeah, um, uh, and and I think uh, look, I haven't sat down and analysed the results. There was obviously a lot more games to, when they initially allowed fans back in the ground that 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 were allowing fans in, and now that's diminished down to only a handful of clubs, including Liverpool and Everton. But I, I think I think the stats would probably back up that there hasn't been that many. Uh, home teams with fans in the ground that have lost at this stage. I think West Ham being the not- notable one against Man United, but but you could never consider West Ham having a big uh, home advantage at the best of times. But I just think it's interesting. Oh, I- will we will we in a in a in a league where we've seen you know clubs at various points moaning about perceived advantages or disadvantages? <laughs> You just wonder how long, you know, people will be able to stomach the fact that the likes of Liverpool and Everton, maybe for the next six, eight weeks, even beyond, will be lucky enough to have maybe the only teams that have fans in the ground. And I mean, I I just wonder, is the justification for some of them teams to actually say, some of the other teams who are not able to have fans to say, we need to level this this playing field and and go back to all games behind closed doors. What, what's your take on it, Andy? I deliberately come to you because I see yeah. you took them. <laughs> the the um, bar staff are coming around. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, I I remember reading on on Twitter a lot that Liverpool had gone into a higher tier than the rest of the country at one stage, and there was. There was huge complaints, and um, now Liverpool are, are reaping the benefits from it. They got their shit sorted, they got their cases down, and all of a sudden we fans going to the games. But this whole COVID thing has been working in cycles. Liverpool are going to go to a higher tier in a couple of months, or in a, in a matter of weeks, and then somebody else is going to get the the benefit. And and that's the way that's the way it's going to work for the rest of the season. I do think. It's a distinct advantage when you have fans. It really is. The noise that 2,000 fans are making is incredible. And um, I would be very pissed off if I was one of the teams that haven't had a fan in all season so far. And you have Liverpool who have had two games now, is it? Two league games, yeah. Two league games and everything as well. They, they The fans have, have uh, helped and through games. I mean... The, it's on the players' minds. Like, look at the way Firmino reacted. And I see in the comments there, uh, Joseph Welch says that um, after you know, Bobby's form changing since the inter- introduction of crowds, and it might help some of the younger players as well. It definitely is a factor. Like, these players are football fans themselves, <clears throat> and they they can relate to that passion that's being thrown in uh, from the stands. So it is it is going to be shown up as a kind of a twelfth man. Yeah, and 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 I, and I think also the two thousand fans that are getting in Davo, I think 
they're so grateful to be back in the ground. I think that any of the any of the dissenting voices that might might be in a normal crowd if a if a if a game isn't going in a certain way, probably not there. You know, everyone's going with a head full of positivity. Mm-hmm. Um I think that gives a, a bit of extra impetus, doesn't it, at various points in games that you've got 2,000 fans who are just so glad to be in there supporting the team. Oh, ex- exactly, Ray. Sure. Like, everyone was in the same boat as, as uh, regards watching games at home uh, that were behind closed doors. Very, very lucky, like uh, Andy said, to be able to... Liverpool did get their act together through the, the vast testing across the city. And got their act together, and now the ball clubs are able to have fans in, and the and the fans have been just they've, they've been excellent. I think uh, Klopp has alluded to it. Obviously, he was asked about it straight away when when they came back in, and how much of a lift that the players got from it. And the players and the fans will both feed off each other. There, like the, if the players are getting a huge lift, Bobby was mentioned already after his goal, uh, sprinting down towards the cop. And of course, like why why would you go? Why would you be one of the lucky two thousand to have a ticket there? And go there to get on the teams back. It just, it just, it just makes no sense. It, like, no. it would make no sense at all. Yes, listen, there could be two thousand there where things don't go right. But it, it, I think that the if things weren't going right with the two thousand there, you'd even get a more reaction from them to try and get the team uh, back into it. It just would make no sense to go there and not give it your all uh, to get behind the team. Really, mm. you know, what I mean? it mm. just make make no sense. Yeah, John O's saying we deserve fans in more than anyone because of how COVID's kind of screwed us in terms of lifting that league title. How shit would it be if no us two, two years in the track without fans? Yeah, yeah. I think I think already we've seen Klopp at the end of the games go up to the crowd and do his little uh, mm. fist pumps. Like, he doesn't care now if the camera's on him or not. He's going he's gonna to savour every opportunity he can because he probably knows that it's possible that this, this doesn't last for the whole, whole season. I've seen a comment thrown in there that they believe there's no chance that there's fans there for the United game on the Barry um saying no no chance fans there for the United game on January the sixteenth. Um even if there isn't fans in the stadium, Nilo, sixty six games at home in the league unbeaten. It doesn't doesn't seem to matter whether there's and obviously there's a lot of games there without fans. It doesn't really seem to matter at the end of the day if there's fans or not for us though, does it? Ah, it's absolutely incredible, what a I mean, 66 matches. I mean, it's hard to fathom that, isn't it? It's really, it's hard to understand. There's that many games. Um, I think though, I think Andy alluded to it there that you said about it affecting some of the players. I think it, the way young lads coming through and making their debut, it must be really hard for. Well, not hard for them, but it's like it's not what you dreamt of when you were a kid coming through at Liverpool, is it? To play in front of an, an empty stadium. I mean, you want to hear them singing, "You'll never walk alone," or chanting or whatever. Maybe not your name, but you want to soak it up. So it's a bit of a damn squid for them. I would have thought more than anyway. The older lads can handle it. And um, if Bobby's only playing well now because there's fans in the stadium, he needs to get his finger out of his fucking Swiss. He's getting fucking hundreds of grand a week for fuck's sake. You don't need lads telling you you're bleeding great. Fuck's sake, just get on with it. I don't think that's the case, hardly. His teeth are massive. But I think it's harder for the younger lads rather than older players, to be honest with you. And the 66 games at home is just fucking mad. It's incredible. Like, Jesus, when is it going to end? It's like, it is. Jesus, Nilo. <laughs> Big Sam on the horizon, and you come out with something like that. When's it gonna end? Um, <laughs> Big Sam, he'll keep Liverpool up. Uh, not Liverpool, West Brom. Neil, what are those things hanging behind you? They're fucking candy canes, man. 
Give us candy look at candy canes. You know, like Christmas candy canes. Take one down. All right, then. Yeah, where do you want one? All right. Ah, oh, there you go. Bit more. Context. Actual, actual As would say context. The size Why of them fucking things. Can you eat them? Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. And I still have all amazing. Deadly. Will you actually yeah, eat yeah. one of them all by yourself? Uh only if I'm a little bit depressed and it's the time of the month and I'm watching uh watching uh love hate and not love hate. What's it called? Love action. I never watched that. It's shit, Annie. Come here. We were looking for a fifth topic. We were um, looking for a fifth yeah. topic. Yeah, we got I've, one. I've seen. I've seen two. I've seen two that have stood out, and it's and one is about United whether they're actually going to be Detroit, and the mm. other one was about uh, an idiot's guide to wrapping presents. I think I could help with the wrapping presents one. Because you're an idiot. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Full you no, we, let's cover both. Eh? Let's let, uh, United the threat, Davo. Um, you know, the threat. Threat to what? Everyone, you, 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 you know me, Ray, from my WhatsApp messages. Everything that wins after we win is the threat. Yeah, yeah look, listen. I going going forward and squad depth wise, like they've Cavani, Van der Beek, they've a, they've a lot of squad. The, the thing that's the thing that's going to hold them back is their their back four and goalkeeper and their manager. Um, and Harry Maguire, he's so shitty. Yeah. Listen, are, are, are they good enough to put a run together? Yeah, sure, they're on a good run at the minute. Um, are they better than us? No. Have they a better man than us? Absolutely not. Um, Sorry, Desi, on a good run there, but he's had to do on 25th. He got caught in the end of Border Fox. You know, the threat. Listen, they're, they're, what would you call it? They're in the pack. They're in they're the in, mix. They're in the pack. They're in the pack behind us. Mm, they're in the mix. Andy, the last away game United lost in the league was at Anfield, yeah? Um, we, we're playing them in in a, in a few weeks' time. Do you think we beat them? Yeah, I do. Look, it's good that we're we're talking about different threats every week, you know what I mean? Um, mm. Spurs went from being our near... like Spurs went from being our absolute only rivals for this league... Mm, from being a week ago. top of the league mm. for, to people talking about them now, not even in the, finishing in the top four, mm. like that's the standard. I still think that the only team that matches will be City, but they're they're falling so far behind now. They can get their shit together and they can climb up there at the way the league is at the moment. Out of nowhere, I really do um, think City oh, be the ones that will be the threat, and and no one else. But in any one given game. Yeah, any other of those top teams are the threat. Like we could, we could have easily got beaten by Spurs of Harry Kane, or or the, those other chances were taken. Mm, so, Bergwijn, yeah, but yeah, Bergwijn as well, especially. But if it, I think we've got way too much quality for United to be beaten. I hope I don't live to regret that comment. But they are so far behind us in our in every department, defensively. Our hunger, the pressing, we can annihilate them this season. They haven't got the um, bottle. They haven't got the the mentality that we have. The McGuire, like, put a bit of pressure on him and he's fallen on his arse. You can lose any game of football, 
but they're they are not even close to us in terms of quality. But yet they're only when when they're game in hand, they're only about two points two off. Points. We're mm. going we're gonna get stronger and stronger and, and string runs together. They're gonna get found out again and they'll drop a couple of points here and there and they'll fall off and they'll fall off. Um so don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Especially especially when they depend so heavily on certain players like Fernandez. Like that game wow. against Leeds, they've they've all all of a sudden believed that they they might be title challengers again. But Leeds are the perfect opposition for them. We said it earlier. They if they played Leeds every single week, they they probably win the league. But unfortunately, they're going to play teams of all different types and all different qualities, well, and all teams they're going to uh, test our weaknesses, and we we will test their weaknesses. Guarantee. Well, three games over Christmas for them. Leicester away. Um, yeah. Wolves are home. And Villa at home. I, I, I mean, I think that they're just they're actually Leicester, Leicester's, at home. The, that's, Leicester's the easiest game of that three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way they Leicester could still beat them. Mm. You know, I think some of the results they, you they, see. We're talking about you know the, the the problems they have is when teams sit deep and they, they give them and they give them the ball. They have to break teams down. You see what they don't do to the likes of Leipzig, Leeds yesterday. If, if you're open and you attack them, they're going to eat you alive because like their the front three is, is quality. Fernandez is quality. But if you give them the ball and expect and, and say to them, right, come and break us down, yeah, they have quality. Not saying that they, they won't beat you, but it's it's not what they want to do. It's the, the, the their identity is kind of at the minute is counter-attack and stuff, which probably isn't good enough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at home, they they, they like especially uh, obviously at some stage when fans come back in, they'll be under pressure to be taking the game to teams, and that doesn't suit them at all. It, it just doesn't suit them at all. Yeah, Barry's Barry's also saying there that that um, Leicester have a free week, and and United obviously going for the cup. Has a few other teams up near the top are going for the Carabao Cup this week and having to squeeze in that. That extra game. Brady's misses is it? They're all going to, to Cartwright for the trial. <laughs> they're all going as moral support. What a load what? of cock that is! Has anybody made that? <laughs> Mother of the point, Jesus Christ! Two fucking maths. One suit on the other. Why doesn't the two lads just say, "Listen, you two, shut more, the fuck up"? More tabloid talk from Nilo. <laughs> fuck me! I couldn't believe it. I was saying it to me awful early. You nearly put the car in the ditch. <laughs> they want the name of Jesus. <laughs> the women, they just want to be fucking on the front pages. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Classic. But look, I'm going to bring it back to football. I'm going to bring it back to football. Let, I, I'm going to quickly come right. on to Leicester because they're playing United next. Leicester have got the strangest set of results that I think mm. I've ever seen in the in, in any recent league campaign. You know, they're, they're losing games at home against teams that they should beat and then they're going to, you know, opposition's grounds and, and, and picking them off uh, left, right and centre. It's, 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 just, it's just weird, isn't it, Andy? Yeah. I thought, is it just... Is it just weaknesses in Rogers 
locker. I don't know. Is is he just not pragmatic? Is he just got the one way of playing football? And if it doesn't work out, or if they concede an early goal, they can't go on to win games. Is it a mentality thing? They're definitely quality. Like they definitely can take points off teams. They definitely can beat United, but they can mm. also get absolutely fucking bounced by them as well. Mm. It's mm. it is crazy. I, I yeah. mean, I, I, I like that. What? I don't understand how he can say that. Like he's t- Leicester in second. Like Rogers, you're fantastic. They're in, second, they're in second through the. If you look through the results, they're in second off the back of a crazy mix of results where they've. I mean, and we drew one all with Fulham there. Was it one all? Yeah, we drew with Fulham not so long ago. Like there's aberrations going to happen all season long because of the year that's in it. But yeah, but I think for Leicester, it's consistent. Chris wants to say hello. What's going I just on want to, I, I just want to say hello to Nilo. It's been a while. Nilo, I love you. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All of you. If I don't if, if if I don't speak to you in the WhatsApp in the next few days, as there's a very good chance I won't. Merry Christmas. Oh. Happy New Year. Love you all. You're all the best. LFC Day Trippers family up the reds. Oh, brilliant, Chris. Nice, Chris. Kick kick me out now. Kick me out now, Andy. It's got Nay, Rajiv, Stephen, you know, everyone's made up that uh, that Grizz has made a guest appearance there. He's making other guest appearances with other. Uh, you know, come here, I was pissing myself laughing at the um, the Magnificent Seven pod last night. <laughs> the Grizz was talking about when he went to Sellhorse Park, and Gav says to him, "It's like you, you know, you made a guest appearance, and everyone was there expecting you." And he was going on about like, "No, it really was like they were all making memes about um, and do you not remember this, and do you not remember that." If you haven't listened, catch up. It was fucking. I haven't listened to the morning. Yeah, yeah, I it was quality. Listen, yeah, yeah. Merry, merry yeah. Absolutely great pod, lads. I'll listen tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join you. We were here. here. Who's already playing Rovers? I think in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wherever we were meeting beforehand. There was a bit of a thing. I was in the. To- uh, I went a few guys. Went to the toilet having a piss, and some fella says to me, "Are you uh, on the uh, LFC day trip?" I said, "Are you on a and I time?" Okay, I said, fuck off, you wait, you will hear time some type of weirdo following me in the jacks to ask me who I am. Anyway, who I don't know who it was, I don't know, it was a bit, of, it was a bit weird. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was an end to that story, yeah. you know. No, it's just mad cool, weird. Cool, 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 cool story, bro. <laughs> So you so, have to be there, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> like so we're going to finish up, seeing as we got on to Christmas and Merry Christmases and um, guest appearances and so on and so forth. Um, we'll go back to that other topic you mentioned, uh, Andy, yeah, around wrapping Christmas presents, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, I was like a disgraceful uh, present wrapper. I was like, you know, I put everything like in a, uh, like it was a Christmas cracker, like just wrapped up paper on them and don't twist and turn it was a, it was a mess but the key is folds make mm. folds mm. don't expose edges mm. you know if you, if you stick by that you won't go wrong so when you wrap your present up and you're you're about to do the the first kind of bit of sellotape at the top fold the bit you're going to sell the sellotape down and then when you get to the sides make sure the edges are are, are hidden and you won't go wrong it's not very hard once you stick by that principle Hide for uh, always fold, don't show edges. You, you won't go wrong. That's my tip of the day. 
Uh, and would you get would you get upset, Andy, if you if you weren't impressed with your first attempt? Would you just would you scrap it and move and try again? Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't try again to be honest with you. Um, I just try and get it right the first time around. I seem to do more rapping at Christmas than I do opening. Does anyone else feel like that? No, but I'd say your skill books are perfectly covered in the wallpaper, Andy. Ready? Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. You know, you, you know, you you grew up in a deprived area like me yourself, and we we did unfortunately have to go to school with the embarrassment of having wallpaper on our maths book. So um, did I, by the way. Wasn't yeah. it a Dublin thing? It was a Liverpool thing yeah. as well. You we went to a, 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 a half respectable, comprehensive. Woodchip wallpaper. You were like, oh man, you have no socks. You've no hold your shoes. You're calling <laughs> yeah. the next topic in our on a Sunday. Yeah, I remember. Um, the posh, the posh kids in the school from the, you know, the other areas. They had brown they, paper. They paid us. No, brown paper was 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 fairly tenement too. Yeah, it was brown paper. <laughs> yeah, do you know um, I made it when me ma wrapped your books in brown paper. Do you know the way? Do you know the way your kids nowadays? Our kids go to school with that laminated clear stuff, right? That's that's the standard these days. Like everybody yeah. just gets that stuff. But back back in the day, there was kids going to school with laminated clear uh, paper, and their books were immaculate. They were fucking savage, and I didn't know what it was. Like you know, I just went home to my ma, like saying, "Like this is killing me going to school." Like I've got flowery wallpaper, and there's kids coming to school with really uh, neat uh, clear stuff like cling film. And <laughs> my ma wrapped me books in cling film. <laughs> She wrapped me books in cling film and I had to go to school like with me. Yeah, cling. What? Like like a sandwich wrapped up like me. Uh, I'd got books like and, and everyone was laughing at me, you know, oh, that's I was sure, See that about being embarrassed going to school, right? When I was starting in Mile Park in Clodoc in, in secondary school, they had the crest on it with it, the round tower in Clodoc and stitched into it, right? So my man yeah. wouldn't jumper with the stitch professionally stitched into it. She got the woman across the road to do it, right? So the round tower was kind of like on my son's eye, like the leaning tower piece, and it was done with wool, not with tread. And it didn't, it just looked like a big fucking, a big, a big fucking flute up in the air sideways like that. And I went to school on the first day of school like that, and everybody was there. Look at this fucking peasant. Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. and what, like, I mean, look at the joke. What were our parents thinking? You know, you just wouldn't have flicked that on your children these days. <laughs> did they not get did they not get bullied like us? Like you know Bloody what I mean? Not. There's absolutely no way I'd make that mistake with get my kids going to school no. now. Like no way. No, no fucking way. My man got guitar lessons and my man sent me without a guitar. You wouldn't make a bad Find you a guitar and let you stick at these lessons. So if you stick at them, I'll buy a guitar, right? And this is real, God. I was sitting in the lessons like that, doing like that with no guitar, right? Like ding ding ding. We we're saying, <laughs> honest to God, right? The song we we're learning was a haired lover from Liverpool. You'd be a long haired lover, and your mum was coming out of you. Now, really, you need to get it. This is a D. He was fixing me fingers, and I was like, that. Have I got it? And I was with no guitar. I was like, Yeah, is that it? He said, No, nearly off your fingers. Uh... Are right. I think I think we now know what happened, Neil. <laughs> this is kind of long way. I'm witnessing right now. <laughs> oh, Neil. 
And the runner, I mean, you wouldn't make the mistake with your kids now with runners, would you? You would be so oh. conscientious about making sure that the runners with the with the correct uh, brand and the correct kind of style, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, don't skill with monkey jackets on. So they're like so, like kids are like scientists when they come to the brands and what, like what, what's our place? Like, mm. like we're we're all like, oh yeah, no, the, the Nike, the Nike fucking jersey from Dalex, you know, China's fucking perfect. That's perfect. Those kids can smell it coming down the road <laughs> from 100 yards. There you go. Here he comes now. Ah, this is a special. This is DHG all over. Look at the tick. Yeah, right. They can act, they can they can smell the tread. It's just not right. They know. So, you know, if you watch out, lads, come on. You know, it's yeah. like you're not getting the fucking uh, the KVI frosties when you're in school. They're the same. They taste the exact same. You taste them and they taste like dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's weird, isn't it? Like, what's with the this rise of of pennies? You know, back in the day, if you went to pennies or you came to school in pennies shoes or runners, you'd be you like you might as well forget about it. Don't come back. You would, yeah, you would be fed your own show, and you'd have a nickname to go with it. You, you know, and uh, but now, like, you've got these. Uh, Kids now look are mad into going into pennies and, and queuing overnight and spending fortunes in pennies. Like, you know pennies, what I mean? It's rub shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, like, it's some, of the lads, some of the lads are unloading here. Chris Brack is saying he wore arrow trainers and football boots. He should have worn a, a T-shirt saying, bully me. We got someone else owning up to having to wear high tech. I mean, I was made wear high tech as well. Um, <laughs> I'm traumatized when I my first pair of football boots are Dunlop, and my family told me that <laughs> Ian Rush wears Dunlop boots. Yeah, and it, it wasn't as easy to just Google things like you had to wait yeah. till yeah. there was a close up in the magazine. Yeah, and yeah, and and when I fucking found out they were Nike and not. Uh, Dunlop, I was pissed off the bits. Like, you know, the day was totally absolutely. Now, I scored a lot of goals in them. scored a lot of goals. But it's it's funny, like, it's funny how things. wearing Dunlops. That's why you scored loads of goals. They had a bell on the ball. Quality David Lennon. But blast from the past, there, Gola. They're saying you are high techs, really. What? Davo, you are high techs, really. Yeah, yeah, high techs. Yeah, football boots. First pair of football boots are whiter, I think. And you know, down on our nails, Andy, we used to go into the basket. If you found a match, if you rooted into this basket, if you found a match, one that were for about four quid. Yeah, yeah. They were about four quid. Oh, yeah, whiter. Oh, sure. remember the uh, O'Neills were like the the Pavers girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what? You can pay for O'Neills with your butter vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> Premium stuff now, lads. It's just okay. it's it's weird. It's weird how it's all gone. Like you know, kids will go to uh, Pennies and they'll they'll be shameless about it. They'll be head to toe in Pennies. And then, like, they'll have a Gucci handbag, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> mad. Yeah, you know? Or some shit, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I want to. I want this. I want to kill you. I want this. I want that. Are the influence now on all the football boots? They're not wearing high techs or motors now anymore. Now, kids, now, kids. The lads in, in the Leinster Senior League are, are rocking up into the dressing room now with beats and uh, a fucking Gucci uh, carrier bag. <laughs> like all yeah, the best players, yeah, all the best players I played with, uh, torn up in uh, football boots and they. Fucking super queen bag, <laughs> <laughs> no shin guards. I even got shin guards, lads. Like, they were the best players. Oh, I can't play. to buy a pair of beats to go out playing football on Sunday morning. That's not nothing impressive. Yeah, it's a pandemic. Right, look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wind it down. Um, look, it was good to get a bit of a, a different topic there at the end, um, and kind of move into other areas. It, 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 this may be what we have to start discussing when football maybe starts to disappear again in front of our eyes for a little while. Hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully everyone out there will have a great Christmas, make the best of what's ahead of us um, with all the restrictions. Uh, stay safe. Take care of one another. Um, we'll be here again on the other side of Christmas. All the best to everyone. Um, out there to the day tripper listeners, viewers, um, everyone who keeps us going. I'm sure Gav will uh, will all, will endorse uh, a lot of what I'm saying here. We'll see you again uh, for the forum. Um, we're going to start losing track of the days and what next Monday actually really is. But I think it's probably going to be a clear enough day for us to have a to have a show next Monday. And I guess we will probably at that point be discussing. Hopefully, the 67th uh, unbeaten uh, league game at Anfield and seeing the back of uh, Big Sam and and Little Sam. What's that? You're going to lead us into that show with a guitar solo. (laughs) (laughs) The run is over. We can can pick the bones out of whatever way it falls. Yeah. Right. All the best, everyone. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.